Welcome to Slices of Life, the podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Kimberly Coyle. Have you ever set a goal only to be disappointed when you don't reach it? You know what you want out of life, but you just can't seem to get there? Even if you happen to come close to making a change, you get mediocre results. You're not sure how you got there, and you certainly don't know how to replicate it. Today, we are going to examine why that is and give you some questions you can ask yourself to get you moving in the right direction. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words question. We want to know, what is the one area of your life that you'd like to change? So the one area I'd like to change in my life is a way to block out distractions, because I'm easily distracted especially, unfortunately, when it comes to my quiet time. So I have no problem reading the word. I have no problem, you know, praying and worshiping. But when it comes time to being still, it is one of the most difficult things for me to do. So because I'm easily distracted. So if I could change anything, that would be it. So headed into, um, for me, a new season, new job, just new life structure, just looking to make sure I'm building rest and margins into my week where I can instead of always doing what I've been doing and busy, 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 filling every second, making sure that I get more time for me and for just whatever me means. But um, yeah, just more time for rest this upcoming season. All right, so um, I don't know about you ladies, but every September feels like a new year for me, more so than January does. And this year is no different. Every time um, the summer comes to a conclusion, I start to think about the new things that I want to do once my kids are back to school. I think of projects, um, changes I want to make in my lifestyle. I think of what I'm going to do better, how things are going to be different this year. And so um, even though we still have a, a few more months till the new year comes, um, I have big, big ideas about what this year kicked off by the school year has in store for me. Um, can you guys relate? Absolutely. Definitely. September does feel like a, a new year and that's, yeah. you know, when I sort of reset stuff, probably more so even than January, cause January just feels sort of arbitrary because mm-hmm. it's just, it's a, it's a number on the calendar, right? It, mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing pertinent happening in my life on January 1st, but, um, but September, you know, that's when you have huge changes to your schedule. If you're a parent or a teacher or, you know, um, it just, it seems like a big shift between seasons. Mm -hmm. And I think even if you don't have children, um, even work schedules are different in the summer, you know, there's kind of a chill, Um, and there's even more casual dressing in a lot of offices. Mm -hmm. And so I think most of us sort of regroup at this point in September, at least where, where we all live, or maybe a little bit, some people's schedules shift in, in sort of mid August, but Mm -hmm. yeah, this is a time of, of, um, certainly regrouping for me. Yeah. So you experienced that well, at least. I mean, because you're doing freelance, so you're not in an office, and then you're also your kids. Although you had your oldest with you, or your youngest with you, so she's going back to school, right? So you still well, she's going. She's going back to school in another week because she's in. She's going to be in Chicago, and they don't start till September 25th. They're in quarters. Okay. So I'm feeling sort of. I'm. I'm feeling that because of her. I'm still feeling like I'm a little bit in summer. Uh-huh. We're going to be, you know what I mean. We're going to be still taking a trip to drive her out there, but yeah. normally. 
and and even even just you know we just we just got back from Labor Day weekend or or, or that just passed. We happened to be away, so now it's back home. Time to regroup with fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes. get back yeah. to the gym. Mm-hmm. Get rid of some of those carbs that I've been enjoying. <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely see a shift. And yes, I still do have a child going back to school. Mm-hmm. So that does mark it for me. But um, I absolutely, my freelance work, even my freelance work feels different in the in the yeah. summer. And in addition to that, I am part of a group, a bunch of different organizations such as MOPS mm-hmm. and um, Oasis Ministries as well. And, mm-hmm. and those things. And Moms in Prayer. Yeah. It's in Prayer. We take a break in the summer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely yep. September marks, um, get up and go. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that I've on, on my to-do list that I swear I'm going to do every year is organize my photographs. And mm. it always seems like when my kids go back to school that I'm going to have all this time, <laughs> but it's been on my to-do list for such a long time and mm. it hasn't gotten done. It's a lofty goal that I have and I still haven't given up hope that I can get it done. But one of the things that I'm trying to do, which is um, what we're going to be talking about today, is change the way I approach this. Mm -hmm. And for me, it has to do with being very specific about what I want out of it and how I'm going to accomplish that. And, you know, when we think about goals, whether it's losing weight, starting a business, um, finally getting to that project, um, One of the most common and overlooked reasons why we don't get these things done is because we're not specific about them. We're not specific about what it looks like to have it actually accomplished or what it's going to look like to actually accomplish it. We have an unrealistic expectation of what it's going to take, and we just Mm -hmm. think it's going to happen when we have time. We think it's just going to happen when the season is right. And um, I think we all know from experience that the season is never right. We yeah. never have the extra time. Um, so true. No. And, yep. <laughs> and so how do we overcome that? That's what we want to talk about today. Um, yeah. Kimberly, I want you to start us off with talking about being specific in your faith and in your prayer time. Now, this doesn't seem like an obvious uh, fit for this topic, but what I've learned what and what you've learned is that it is applicable to our prayer life and to faith. And you wrote a post about it. So why don't you open us up with talking about how being specific in our faith life can benefit us? Sure. Yeah. I, um, this is something I've just felt really challenged in, um, this, this past summer. So as we wrapped up the end of the school year, um, we had a lot of really big changes. Um, my kids, were involved in some things that I was not thrilled about (laughs) and, um, made some choices I wasn't really excited about. And I realized (laughs) that as I was praying for them so many times, I would pray very vague prayers about their life, about their lives. And my requests to God, um, about my children would not actually address the specific things that they were struggling with. Um, or that they were facing. So, you know, my, my youngest is going to a new school this year. So we've, we decided on that right at the beginning of the summer. And, um, 
And I, I really began to feel challenged that I needed to pray specifically for what her concerns and her fears were about starting school. So pray for her that she would find one good friend, that she would have people to sit with at lunch, that she would have um, teachers who were understanding and accommodating towards her as a new student. So, um, yeah, I've just begun to, to try and be more specific in that. And, um, one of the things that really encouraged me to do that was uh, a book I read this summer, which we've talked about a lot of times on the podcast, this book by Shelly Miller, um, her book called rhythms of rest. Mm -hmm. She, as I was reading through that, um, she says this in the book, I'm learning to say what I want with greater clarity and definition, even when it feels uncomfortable and presumptuous, because I don't want a mediocre life as a result of vague prayers and ill-defined faith. When you are tired, depleted, worn out, and weary, imagine Jesus asking you, what do you want me to do for you? And... Um, after I read that, it just struck me to the core. And I thought, yes, I should be praying as if Jesus was sitting there with me saying, what do you want me to do for you? And um, it's taken some time to just sort of sit with that, that feeling that like really going deep and thinking, what is it that I want Jesus to do for me? What do I need in my life? Um, because well-defined prayers lead to a well-defined faith. I mean, that's what our connection to, to Christ mm-hmm. is through prayer. Um, so that's, that's kind of something I've been focusing on a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing about, um, being specific in your prayers, cause I, um, started thinking about this idea when I read Mark Batterson's book, draw the circle was that when I'm specific in my prayers, I can be more attuned to when God shows up and answers them. Yeah. And then I can also um, celebrate them. So instead of just wondering if something was a coincidence because God had a part in it, I can say, oh my goodness, this is what I was believing Mm -hmm. God for. And now I'm seeing it in my life Mm -hmm. and being able to celebrate. And even for me, a big part of specific prayers has been writing them down in a journal. And even like I've even assigned dates to when I've prayed that prayer so that I look back and I say, Oh my goodness, I've been praying for this for X amount of years. And you know, wow, I didn't give up or, um, you know, it's kind of like a real time snapshot of, spiritual progress. And I, and I think mm-hmm. it's great because you can, um, you know, measure it, but you can also celebrate it. Um, yeah. and not that everything in our faith life or spirit life should be measured per se, but it's right. just, it helps us to create those, um, tangible points in our faith of growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and also something, um, you know, I'll go back to moms in prayer. So we use these member sheets and some people use them. Some people don't. I very specifically fill them in. They're dated. And in our prayer time, we have a lot of scriptural prayer, which covers a lot of um, bases. But then we have an opportunity to pray specifically for a specific child. Like part of what I love about moms in prayer is they challenge us not to broad stroke our prayers, but to really pray for that child who, you know, let's say we have three children, choose one of one child who has the greatest need 
and praise something very specifically. And I literally have hundreds of member sheets with prayers that I uttered specifically for those children. And that's part of what I love about it. I can go back and I can see where God, you know, I may, I may think that God is not answering a prayer of my heart, a desire of my heart. But then I look at something and I'm like, Oh my gosh, he, he did this. He did, he did exactly what I prayed about. He, you know, uh, develop this character in my child or it's just, it's an awesome thing for me. It's a faith builder to see. I uttered this prayer and God responded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. I actually had a friend mentioned to me not that long ago that she, um, she keeps all of her journals and her journals. She includes like her prayers within that. So, um, she mm-hmm. said that she had gone back and reread a bunch of them from years ago and she just could not believe like all of the, all of the petitions, all of the um, desires of her heart that she had written down for years, you know, like I want this healed in my marriage. I want this healed in my family. I want mm-hmm. all of those things the Lord had answered and some of it, it didn't look the way that she expected it to be. And, you know, some of it was answered in a different way, but so, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much of those things that she had really been crying out to God about, um, he met her there and he answered those prayers, but it, it was over the course of years, yeah. but it was so wonderful to just hear her talk about that and say, I pinpointed this one thing five years ago and look what God's done for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she wrote it down and she, you know, like you said, Kimberly, she wasn't measuring it per se, mm-hmm. but she's celebrating what God has done in her life. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just so, so encouraging to me. Yeah. So Elise, give us an example of, um, how being specific can impact your your everyday life? Well, I was thinking about, um, fitness and in particular nutrition and, um, uh, you know, being a part of max fit, they give you some very specific parameters, but I have found that there is a sort of formulaic way for me to eat if I really want to lose weight. And it's so simple, but, um, and, and it, Sometimes it gets a little boring, but we have our cheat meal once a week, so that always helps. But if I do this, it works. Whereas in the past, my prayer, and not just my prayer, but my hope has been, oh, if I just cut back, if mm-hmm. I just sort of yeah. you know, watch. Mean? Right. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? Exactly. So what does that mean? It means I'm not going to lose weight because I'm going to wiggle things <laughs> around and sneak things in. And be okay with eating certain things that ultimately, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, add up to more food than I really need to have in order to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So that, I've definitely seen that. I've, I've never been so rote in my eating, mm-hmm. but I actually enjoy it. I mean, you can throw all kinds of things together within those very tight parameters, but that um, specificity has really <laughs> worked for me. Very careful saying that word, and I managed to do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, totally. Uh, Mm-hmm. Again, food, like I'm probably going to be reiterating this. I forget what I eat. Like I have a a, a, yeah. a skewed or distorted image of what it is that's in my diet until I take time to either examine it or apply mm-hmm. some sort of um, program or, you know, I, I do the Daniel fast every January. Right. And mm-hmm. that's when I realize, oh my, how much I eat or how much Other I pick or how much I there. like yeah. grab and I'm just yeah. amazed. Yeah. It highlights to me what I am blinded to see by just, by just mm-hmm. relying on my memory alone. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It gives, it just gives too much margin for error. And honestly, I'm thinking as we're talking about this, so part of what's happening when we, when we do that kind of prescribed eating, we can relate that to really anything else that we do, Mm -hmm. because what we're doing is we're, we're putting blinders on. We're kind of going, okay, I'm not going to look at all that other stuff. I'm not going to entertain, uh, you know, a BLT for lunch, which is what I really want <laughs> with mayo. Um, I'm going to stick to what I've decided I'm going to do. And again, it's blinders, it's focus. There's like a laser focus on what I'm doing, but there's also some freedom involved mm, there because totally. I'm not going off course. I'm just sticking with what's in front of me. So I think it yes. can be applied to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think routine is so underrated mm. because it's kind of boring. You know, it can be boring and, yeah. but my gosh, the things you can accomplish when you stick to a routine for anything, whether it's exercise or eating or, you know, house cleaning or whatever it is, your work. Yeah work-related, um, you just accomplish so much more because it takes away a lot of the decision-making. Like, I don't know about you, but I get decision mm-hmm. fatigue. I just feel like if, if I have to decide one more thing, I just, it's exhausting. And yeah. I think uh, particularly as Americans, we are, because mm-hmm. we have so, so many options, so many options, so many choices. It's nice to have it narrowed down for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one area that I guess similar to faith that I wouldn't think that specificity matters is community. You know, like, for example, if I let's talk about writing, let's talk about um, whatever Mm. it is, like creating endeavor that you have. When you look and search and do your best to find friends who share that common interest and you're specific about the people that you want to gather around you you're going to grow in your writing and your creativity when you start to gather these people around you, associate with them, connect with them, talk with them, meet with them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to finding friendships and when it comes to building community, I think it's okay. I think it's even beneficial to decide who are the people that I want in my life and okay, how do I, how do I get those people in my life? And mm-hmm. so if you're looking for a friend who's going to be available um, to talk with your kid, to talk about your kids with, um, during the week because you just need a break from the day to day things that you deal with, then, then look for that friend, then know that you need it and then look for it. And I think that you can benefit so much from having people in your life for certain reasons. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that you, you know, you can open yourself up to other possibilities. Um, it doesn't mean you have to close yourself off to it. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's important to, not only in obtaining the relationships you want in your life, but maintaining those relationships. And when you can be specific about what you need from a a relationship, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a friend, um, your relationship can thrive. Because if you're vague and you always assume that the other person should know what your needs are and you're not Mm -hmm. specific in knowing what you need and then conveying that to them, I think you're going to run into trouble. You're going to have unrealistic expectations for that relationship and it's not going to thrive. And so I think not only in obtaining those relationships, but maintaining them, Mm -hmm. specificity Mm -hmm. helps. Absolutely. Sure. That's made a huge difference in my marriage. When we first got married, I really, uh, I, I found it very hard to articulate what I needed or wanted from my husband. 
and also to articulate why I was feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. I, I am very led by my emotions, but a lot of times I couldn't, I, I just couldn't figure out why do, why am I feeling frustrated with him or upset with him or, you know, um, needing this one thing from him. And I would really have to dig down deep into why I was feeling a certain way and be able to articulate that to him very specifically. And then he was able to address whatever it was, you know, make a change or not, um, as the case may be. Uh, but it, it really helped when I could tell him, this is how I'm feeling and this is why I'm feeling this way. I think what you're talking about there is resp- taking sort of responsibility for um, what you're feeling, what you're needing. You know, it's kind of like it's it's our responsibility to figure that out. And particularly early in marriage, I think we don't. <laughs> Good to regroup about from time to time and say, you know, what am I what am I looking for in this mm-hmm. relationship with my husband? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how have my needs changed? You know, and what yeah. what specifically do I need right now? Why am I getting frustrated or um, disappointed or whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people believe that um, being specific means you have to be rigid. And that's not necessarily mm-hmm. true. Um, just like mm-hmm. you said, uh, at least with your program for fitness and eating or just like a budget with your money. Um, having mm-hmm. that sort of framework, having a plan, being very specific about what you're going to do when and how you're going to do it, believe it or not, it does allow for flexibility and it does yeah. allow you to be spontaneous and it does allow you freedom. And yes. so, um, you know, I think sometimes too, like Kimberly, even with prayer, sometimes we pray these vague prayers because we're just hoping, you know, something happens, anything happens. Um, mm-hmm. And because yeah. we're maybe scared to put some restraints or to put some parameters about what it is that we're feeling or thinking or what we desire. Yeah. I actually, I was thinking of that too, because I, I thought, well, why, why am I falling into this trap of the bless me prayer? You know, mm-hmm. bless me, God, bless my kids, bless my day, bless whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get down to it, what does that even mean? It means nothing like that is not specific enough. How is the Lord going to answer that? How can I look back on that and say, hey, answer this prayer? Because it doesn't mean anything. So I was thinking about, you know, why have I fallen into this habit of just these silly, bless me prayers? And it came down to two things for me. Uh, One was just laziness. You know, I really wasn't spending the time I needed to, to come before the Lord and Mm. really make my request known. Um, And the other was fear, just like you said, fear that if I ask for what I want and what I need and what I see, you know, going on in my life that I need God to intervene, um, what happens if he doesn't answer me the way I want to be answered? Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I am very specific about this need and he, you know, quote unquote fails me in that, Mm. then what am I left with? You know, if I never prayed for X, Y, Z, then there's a little more wiggle room. Mm -hmm. But if I said, you know, I, God, I specifically want you to do this, please, you know, and he doesn't do it in the manner in which I want him or the timing in which I want him to, um, that becomes like a fear issue for me where, Mm -hmm. you know, how can I trust? How can I trust him that he's, um, going to answer 
in the way I need him to. You know, um, that's interesting that you would say laziness, um, because it kind of, kind of is true. Um, which leads us into the first question that we can ask ourselves to get us out of that rut of being vague and ill-defined. And that is what is the goal and what is it that you need? And so I love how you talked about in your post about like taking the time to just sit with that, not to jump ahead and think about what it should be, but to consider what it really is. Yeah. For sure. I, sometimes I don't really know. Well, as we were saying, like with our spouse, I, I don't always really know what it is I'm asking for from my husband. So kind of taking a step back and, you know, in prayer, especially and just sitting with it and just saying, you know, I'm feeling this way and this frustration, and I don't really know what the answer is here. God, will you show me, will you reveal Mm -hmm. to me what, how I should be praying? Like there's certainly been things with my children where I've been praying for one thing. And then I realized that the root issue is not being addressed. It's not Mm. what I'm praying about. I'm praying Mm. about symptoms and not the problem. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, So sitting with that and just trusting that the Holy spirit will come and show me and reveal to me what I need to know. Mm -hmm. And and I, I found he's always faithful to do that. Every time, Absolutely. every time I've been like, Lord, I'm struggling with this. What is really going on here? Mm. I always discover what it is. So that's, wonderful. Um, that's good. I love yeah. that. You know, as I mentioned before, when I felt like I didn't have any friends and I wanted anybody to be my friend, what I was really wanted, what I realized, and at least was with me when I had my epiphany, um, I really wanted Friday and Saturday night friends. That's what was missing in my friend group. And so, of course, I had friends. Of course, I had women to talk to in the playground and to meet me for coffee and to go to my book club. But I was, like, breaking down thinking that I had nobody in my life because these women that were already a part of my life just weren't available on Fridays and Saturdays and their life looked different and it wasn't like matching up with what I expected my weekends to look like. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want Friday and Saturday friends. I want the kind of friend who on a Friday night thinks it would be totally cool to come over, let the kids play in the yard and barbecue or last minute Mm -hmm. get together Mm -hmm. for a drink or find a babysitter for our kids and go out with our hubbies. Like I had to realize what it was that I was really looking for. And Mm -hmm. that was the only Mm -hmm. way I was able to then value what I already had. Oh yeah. That is so good. That is really good. I feel like Mm -hmm. that could apply to so many things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, one of the other questions we can ask ourselves is how do we know when we've achieved it? And so that's, this is where Mm. being specific really matters. One of the things that works really beautifully in, in max fit is it's a 10 week challenge. Mm -hmm. So that's a very specific period of time. And I've been through I think five, I think four or five 10 week challenges. Um, and I think I have had specific goals for each one of those challenges, even though for me, it's such an ongoing, um, journey. For example, to be honest, my goals, um, in the summertime have been sort of, let's just stay where we are for now, because I know there's all kinds of things that I'm going to be tempted with in the summer. So one of the goals is get to the gym. Like no matter what you start to do eating wise, if you're not being perfect with the program, still get up in the morning and get to the gym. Um, so there, there are definitely specific, that's a specific goal. I do not have, interestingly, I know a lot of people have weight goals. I really don't anymore, which has been a tremendous 
freedom for me. Um, what they do at MexFit is they measure instead of weigh. And um, I find that really takes the focus off a number and puts it more towards a the goal of being more fit, mm-hmm. being able to move more easily. Um, and also, frankly, I know when I can't fit into my clothes. That's a very obvious measurement. Um, or when things are starting to get a little tight around the waist. And they do take a before and after picture, which also gives you a very concrete example of what you looked like at the beginning of the 10 weeks and what you looked like at the end of the 10 weeks. Well, what I like about what you said is that you had small goals within your goal. And so you were able to track your progress. And when you can track your progress and see that you're moving the needle, no matter what it is, whether it's my Mm -hmm. photographs that need to get organized or whether it's weight or whether it's consistency in prayer, when you can, when you know that you're hitting these smaller marks, you, you, you're motivated to keep going. Well, that leads us to the next question. What's the plan? So these simple steps with dates and the time and a realistic expectation of the time it's going to take. And so um, I, too, have started to put together a plan for my photographs. And the idea would be if I could just spend 15 to 20 minutes every day sorting like a month and then go month by month and then year by year. I could actually get this project done. But to think that Mm -hmm. I could set aside three or four days or a long weekend, that's not happening. It's just not. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. It does help to be realistic about our goals, too. That's true. That's true. You know, take into account what our lives look like. Yes. Otherwise, you get really frustrated and you give up the whole project because it's not doable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be something, especially with raising children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned before, Kimberly, about the magic of routines. I mean, if I were to make that a part of my routine, just think of where I could be. Because Mm, really, our reality mm -hmm, is determined by our routine. And if we want to know why we are where we are, just look about at how how we spend our time every day. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh, I'm the worst at that. I think we need to do we need to do an episode on that because that's a real (laughs) struggle for me (laughs) to to. To do the routine, you mean, or? Yeah, like even just how do you even begin to break it down to create a routine that's going to encompass what's important to you? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm well, not I, I, I'm totally sure what's important to me at this point. I, okay, that, okay, that, oh, you're, you're like speaking my language now as a life coach. I'm like, oh, that's so much fun. I love doing that stuff. But um, I think that is a, I think it's a great idea for, for another um, podcast because mm-hmm. it's it, it can be really overwhelming, but there are definitely tools and ways of doing that. So I'll wrap us up with one last question we can ask ourselves when um, being specific in our lives is how will you celebrate? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is an important one because I think not only does it motivate us, but I don't think we should let our achievements or answers to prayers or the growth that we've experienced go unnoticed, you know, and, and, and go unmarked. Great. Great point. Yeah, I agree. I have a, a little, I do a bullet journal. Mm-hmm. So one of the pages that I have in there is, um, I, I don't even know what I titled it. I can't even remember now because it's almost blank. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something Full about you know, writing wins or something. So it's, you know, things that I have oh, I specifically. Like that. Yeah. So I just have a page for wins in, in terms of my writing career. So I write down whenever something positive happens because it's mm. so, it's so easy for those things to get lost. 
Yes. I think that could that certainly could apply to prayer. You know, you could have a, a page in your yeah. bullet journal or whatever, any journal, and yes. just have a page where you, you know, God answered this prayer. God, you know, mm-hmm. you can just mm-hmm. check them off. You can do whatever. Um, but yeah, I, it's good for me to be able to go back and look at that and say, oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I submitted this piece and it was accepted and Mm. you know, what a win for me. Um, so over the course of time, it, um, it starts to add up or at least I'm hoping it will. Yeah. (laughs) And then it gives you courage to try again with something else. Yeah, it does. Really does. So true. This week's coaching challenge is to get specific about the things that matter to you. Take the time to figure out what it is that you want and make a plan. We've made this easy for you by creating a free worksheet that will walk you through the steps we've shared in this episode. Click the link in the show notes in your favorite podcast app or head over to slicesoflifepodcast.com and choose the episode, How Specificity Can Improve Your Life. You'll find it there. Oh, and in case you're wondering, you can now find us all around the web as Slices of Life Pod. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.